the parable that was just read actually wraps up the, this summer in the parables that all the Bethany campuses have been doing. So the parable sermon series concludes this morning. And then if you're like me, you're thinking, well, what comes next? In August, we're going to be uh, basing the message, messages on the book of 1 Peter. We won't get through everything in 1 Peter, but uh, just a heads up, 1 P- Peter in August. And if you'd like to take a minute and just read through that book ahead of time, it'd probably be super helpful in terms of uh, then hearing the various uh, sermons based on that book. Um, but our focus this morning is prayer prayer, especially uh, prayer that is persistent. And I start my message with this kind of simple, straightforward statement, because that's where Luke starts uh, this uh, reading we just heard. He lets us know why Jesus is giving this particular parable right from the jump in verse 1. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart, not give up. And I want to just pause for a minute right right at the start here and identify what I see as kind of, I'm going to call it a grace note or kind of an act of compassion on on the part of Christ. And what I mean is this, it's as if Jesus is saying, you know, back then and to us today, to be faithful and diligent in prayer is a challenge. And we will be tempted to lose heart. Let me just say that again. It's as if Jesus is acknowledging that to be faithful and to be diligent for the long haul in prayer is challenging, and it's tempting. Uh, It will be tempting for us to lose heart. We're flesh and blood creatures, and prayer can seem so spiritual. Uh, The world seems to function by its own rules and not the rule of God. We pray for a healing, a circumstance, a loved one, an answer, guidance, you know, fill, fill in the blank from your experience. And we're met, it can seem, we're met, it can seem in the short run with a kind of silence. Where is the answer, Lord? And it can be discouraging. Our spirits can flag. So again, I find it encouraging in a sort of paradoxical way, that Jesus gives us this parable about persistence and hanging in there and continuing to to sort of make our case. He knows that we're, we're flesh and blood creatures, earthen vessels, to use Paul's phrase, who need outside help. I mean, let's just acknowledge it. We need outside help when it comes to diligent and faithful prayer. And so this parable is one of sort of the lessons that Jesus has given his followers to encourage us. So the parable of the judge and the widow. There was a judge who feared 
the old language would be neither God nor man. He didn't care about anybody. And there was a widow who kept bringing her case to the judge, and the judge refused to act, refused to respond to the widow. But the widow never quit, never gave up. And finally, the judge granted her request in order that the widow would quit bothering him. I think there's no other way to read the parable. It's like, I've got to do something so this woman quits coming to me, and so I will grant her her request. And then in verse 6 of our passage, Jesus interprets this little parable. If an unrighteous judge grants the widow's request due to her persistent pleading, how much more will God grant the requests of his beloved children in the text, his elect? And so the key, I think, to understanding this parable is that it's really a parable of contrast, a parable of contrast, not a parable of comparison. The encouragement of the parable isn't to us. So be like that widow and keep bothering God who wishes we would just go away. That's not what the parable is teaching. It's a parable of encouragement by way of contrast. If even a cranky judge responds to the constant pleading of this widow, how much more, in contrast, how much more will God respond to the cries of his elect? In other words, God is not like that hard-nosed judge. He's our Father in heaven who loves us generously. And we are not like the widow, a person with no status or power. Again, Jesus' word, we are God's elect, God's chosen, his beloved children, his favored ones, favored ones, who he has bound himself to in constant love, steadfast love. So that really the perfect cross-reference for this parable is Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, chapter 7, verse 11. If you then, and when we hear this, there's something in me at least that I don't like it, that Jesus is so blunt. So I'm going to just read it, but I want to acknowledge that. He said to his followers, if you then, who are evil, ouch, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So that teaching and our parable today, it really focuses us on the incredible love and incredible generosity of God toward us. So Jesus' strategy, as I read it, in encouraging us to be people of prayer is to remind us of the character of God, just who it is we are praying to. Who God is, is our hope, our inspiration, our motivation. Yes, prayer is a spiritual discipline, sometimes called a spiritual practice, 
something we do. It's something that takes effort on, on our part. But the foundational animating principle of prayer is not found in who we are and in our discipline and our practice, but in who God is. We are weak. He is strong. Our zeal ebbs and flows. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Or as Paul said in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give us all things? So Jesus' parable, as well as the broader teaching of Scripture, I think kind of holds a mirror up to our life, especially our our spiritual life, and challenges us with a question. How are we doing when it comes to being people of prayer, whether individually or as a community, as a family? Are we always praying, in the words of the parable, are we always praying and not losing heart? Uh, Do we individually and as a community pray without ceasing? 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Are we constant in prayer? Romans 12.12. In our breakout groups, in just a bit, you'll have a chance to discuss, actually, and, and talk about questions like these. For me, when I hold this mirror up, I give myself a very mixed report. It's kind of good, the good, the bad, and the ugly sort of thing. I have seasons when I'm diligent and faithful in prayer. I have seasons when I'm not. So the parable challenges me to meditate on who God is and seek to be more persistent and diligent. Now I'd like to spend the uh, remaining uh, minutes of my message Focusing on the more pract- kind of the practical side of being persistent in prayer, the, the how-to stuff. I'm gonna, going to make the assumption that as most of us hear this parable of Jesus, and as I've already confessed up here in front of all of you, uh, you'll feel some sense of conviction. You know, prayer is an aspect of my faith life, my discipleship, where there is plenty of room for growth. If that isn't you, and you're here this morning thinking, I pretty much have this prayer thing nailed, we are so happy for you. And we would just ask that you would quietly pray for the rest of us for the remainder of our time together. But a couple of very, just real practical things, practical steps. First, taking our cue from Jesus, we should be sure to meditate on the the character of God as revealed in Scripture. Remember, each one of us is the beloved, is a child of God. Each one of us is that prodigal who, upon returning home, is met by the father sprinting out 
to embrace him. The cross is the measure of God's love for each of us. For God so loved the world, he gave. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called children of God. So we pray to a loving heavenly Father. When the disciples, you remember this, one time they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, oh, okay, here's a template. I don't think it's only pray these words. I think it's, here's an example. Say, our Father who art in heaven. God is a Father who loves us. And to boost our prayer life, I think we need to boost our vision of who God is and how much he cares about us and the details of our lives. Uh, this, so it's a focus on the character of God and his love for us. Listen to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have, the, have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. A healthier prayer life begins with compre comprehending the richness of God's love for each of us as revealed in Jesus. Prayer starts with God. And then my second kind of practical point, the truth of who God is is the same for all of us. How we respond in prayer, the how of prayer, can vary greatly. Let me just say that again. God's love for all of us is the same. He's incredibly in love with each of us. How each of us, though, then responds in prayer can vary from one, from one to another. We each need to respond to God in prayer in a way that works for us and our current actual life, the actual life that we're living right now. And here I'm thinking of everything from temperament and learning style to life situation. When it comes to prayer, there's no like one size fits all with respect to practice or technique. An analogy, uh, an illustration, think for a minute of exercise, physical exercise. I think most of us would agree that there should be some component of exercise, exercise in our life. Our bodies, our health generally do better when some type of exercise is, is part of most of our days. I'm trying to be very broad in general here. Um, 
But what that exercise is can vary greatly person to person. Some people are, you know, super into something like CrossFit. Good for you if, if that's you. Other people walk. Walking. Others uh, might like to ride their bike. Others might like to swim. Others need a class or they just won't do it or a couple of buddies to meet up with or it's just not going to happen. Others, it's completely a solo deal. It's my understanding. I've never experienced this myself, but it's my understanding there are exercise classes that are essentially dancing. Like dance, is that, I think it's a thing, where you, you dance for exercise. I live down at Green Lake and I'll see A boards uh, every now and then for uh, some sort of boot camp. I've never done that either, but the boot camp thing. Some folks like to exercise early in the morning, others afternoon, even in the evening, etc., etc., etc. How you exercise isn't really the main point. That you exercise, I exercise in some way, shape, or form, is the main point. How you pray, the specifics, that's not really the main point. That we pray is the key. Do something, let's get off exercise and back onto prayer. We need to do something that could be construed as being persistent and faithful and diligent in prayer. But the particulars of that will vary greatly. Just in the room here. Early, I became a Christian in college. Early in my Christian journey, uh, I was taught that having a vital spiritual life meant having what was called then, and I, I don't know if this is like passe and not a term these days, uh, a quiet time. Is that a thing or not a thing? You should have a quiet time. And one would have their quiet time in the, the Christian fellowship group that I was a part of if you were really spiritual, early in the morning, you'd get up early for your quiet time, you were alone, you read scripture, and you prayed. And you know what? I loved that, and I still love that. I still get up 40 years later, or whatever, however many years it's been, I still love getting up early, making coffee, sitting down with my prayer journal and my Bible and having a quiet time. I do that, I, honestly, I think every, it seems to me, every day, if I go on vacation, I do that. I bring a headlamp, so in case Kendi and I are in a, like a hotel room and it's dark, I can just go in a corner with my headlamp and, and read. Um, I love to fly fish, and I'll go on fly fishing trips with buddies. I get up early again with my headlamp. and ha I, I love having a quiet time. I start my day with a quiet time. 
But you know what? The whole quiet time thing, that works for me. I have good friends who are faithful followers of Jesus. One person I'm thinking of is a pastor. And he absolutely cannot do the quiet time thing. Getting up early by himself, reading and praying, makes him crazy. He can't do it. He just fails repeatedly at doing it. He needs to pray with others. He needs to listen to music that has a spiritual theme to it or a prayerful theme. Uh, He needs to be in a small group and they pray together. Uh, Very different. And it's all fine. It's like the exercise thing. It's not how you do it, it's that you do it. And so find what works for you. Some people pray while they walk. Some people pray while they drive. Eyes, you know, eyes open. Um, Again, I'd mentioned music. I know there are folks for whom listening to, you know, Christian or whether contemporary or uh, traditional kind of Christian music is a prayerful experience. Um, so again, like exercise, lots of, way to, lots of ways to pray, to be persistent in prayer, find the one that works for you. Uh, I close with just this kind of a testimony, I guess. Uh, I think, looking around the room, I think I'm older than most of you. Well, I'm older than the vast majority of you. I'm confident of that statement. I lived down at Green Lake, as I mentioned, and Green Lake's a very youthy neighborhood, and I really feel older than everybody <laughs> down at Green Lake. So I'm mindful of, of the kind of the age thing. And there's, I'll just be totally honest, there's a lot I, uh, I don't like about getting older. I'm 67, if you're curious. Uh, For example, if I, like, overwork out or get an injury or something, it just takes longer. It just takes longer to recover. When we're kids, I saw it with my kids, you know, you you can turn an ankle or injure yourself. It's like later that day, they're fine. You know, I'm in PT for three weeks. (laughs) I don't like that. Then there are things I do like. Just being totally honest with you, I do like about getting older. And one of them is you, you, you gain a sort of the long view. The long view. When my, uh, wife and I first got married, uh, by design, we didn't start a family. A couple of reasons. Then, after a few years, we decided, well, now it's time to uh, start a family. This would be a good time. Uh, and it didn't, we, it di- didn't start. <laughs> the family didn't start. And we went through this, maybe some of you have had this experience or know somebody, it was years of trying to start a family. 
and, and it just never happened. Did the medical staff, prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it, didn't happen. God, we'd love to have kids. We're both pastors, come on. <laughs> didn't happen. Um, finally, we uh, went the adoption route. And it was just like, boom. Uh, we adopted our daughter. Got her as a four-day-old. And then a couple, few years later, we said, maybe we should have, you know, look at adopting another child. Boom! Got a phone call. As soon as we said, let's get a, uh, maybe adopt another child, the, literally, we got a phone call within days. Hey, there's a situation where adoptive parents might be needed. Are you guys interested? Yes. <laughs> got our son. Today, uh, my daughter's 29, and my son's 26. The long view. God, why aren't you answering our prayer? The long view. He did answer the prayer. I believe that now with all my heart. But it took some decades, right? It, it took some decades to get there. Today, I can't imagine having any other kids than Maddie and Mason. Thank you, God. In my gratitude portion of my journal this morning, I guess my brain was thinking about this, I said, I'm grateful for Maddie and Mason. Prayer answered. It took a while. It took a while. And that's, I'm calling it the long view. But God loves us. God has wonderful plans for his people. And we need to keep seeking him and bringing our lives to him and saying, Lord, uh, answer. Here's what we think you should do, but you do what you want to do. And, uh, and then uh, we see the answers. Um, so again, hear the words of our Lord Jesus. Uh, always pray. And never give up. Never give up. And our Father in heaven will give good gifts to his children. I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to get in our breakout groups, but let me, let me pray first. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for this little parable of encouragement. Uh, we thank you that you are not like that hard-hearted judge, but you are our Father in heaven. And you love us, and you love to bless us, and you love to be generous. So help us be faithful in our prayers. Help us to bring our, our lives to you each day and allow you to work. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, uh, 
I have not actually launched you into what you're about to be launched into before. I've gathered some intel on how this works. But you want to get in a group of like four or five people, maybe six, like a manageable breakout group. And then in the bulletin, there are a couple of questions. And we'd love for you to, as you, as you want to, you can, it's absolutely okay to just sit and listen. So it's not a pressure deal at all. But dialogue a little bit as to the degree you feel comfortable dialoguing. Uh, and there are a couple of questions just as prompts, but you can use the questions or you can share a thought. Let's keep it focused on the theme of the parable and prayer and stuff, but uh, encourage one another, share your own testimony uh, about prayer, and then we'll call you back uh, together in, uh, you know, in a few minutes. We'll sort of monitor things. So this, again, I've never done this, but I think I just say go. <laughs> like, go get in groups. Okay, good. <laughs>